So uh, we're going to, oh, there we go, look, um, it's only three verses and really it's only one verse, um, the text this morning. Um, and uh, in our sort of stately progress through 2 Corinthians, we come to 2 Corinthians 12 verse, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, 13 and 14, which is on the screen behind me. Um, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, and um, this morning, we're going to look at this passage. And I want to talk about um, verse 14, really, about the, the picture there. And, and it's a metaphor. It's a picture that Paul uses. But let's just come into it from the beginning to start with. Remember, the context here is it's a letter to the Corinthian church that's all over the show. It's up and it's down and it's got issues and, and, and we won't go into this again. And he's been really going on through the first bit largely about the issues of the church and why he's done what he's done and not gone when he said he would and he's gone somewhere else and you know he hadn't got the excuse of covid and visas and stuff but he changed his plans and so he's still going on the first couple of verses still part of that argument he's going on and says oh, now i want to throw us wherever that is to preach the gospel of christ rather than coming to corinth so don't get upset with me and i found that the lord had opened a door for me if i open a door he means what opportunity to preach the gospel right um I found that the Lord had opened the door for me. I just want to say, just want to, in passing, um, just two things. So the first thing is, I'm not really with it. And the danger when you're not with it as a preacher is you go on and on and on. Um, Kathy, if this goes on beyond quarter two, just walk out. Okay, I'll do something. Okay. <laughs> but first, the first thing that occurs to me is Paul clearly was open to Holy Spirit. Amen? But he just went there and he found the door had opened. Sometimes I think God's leading is like, I don't know, proactive, and we hear a revelation, that's what we're going to go and do. And sometimes we're just doing stuff, and whoa, an opportunity opens up. Do you ever get that? And, 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 it's, and it's being aware of that. Part of us being alive to what the Spirit's doing is seeing what God's doing. And then, whoa, look, an opportunity's opened up. I'm not sure, maybe, maybe he went there intentionally. Maybe just went there because it's like a good place to, you know, like Paddington Station, where you go through to get somewhere else. But door opened up, and that he's saying this here partly because he got, got delayed then because preaching the gospel. Because that's his, that's what he wants to do. He wants to bring people into the kingdom. He wants to build kingdom. And then he goes to Macedonia, where he, obviously from later on we find where it's gone on. Blah blah blah. I said no peace of mind. I did not find Titus there. Um, uh, Titus went to Corinth, and and he's going to go back and find Paul and give him an update on how the church in, in Corinth responded. And, and as I was saying, 8 o'clock this morning, I don't know how they do that. I mean, I find it bad enough sometimes meeting people in Amersham. And, and they were over the whole Roman world. They had no phones. And like, what does Titus do? He like, travels to where he thinks Paul might be? I mean, it's a big world <laughs> to wander around when it's different. So the, you know, Paul's looking out for Titus to get message back about Corinth. And he's gone to Macedonia, and he's preached the gospel there, and things are going well. And I think the change in tone here, from talking about stuff at Corinth to thanks for here, but thanks be to God. The change in tone from defending himself and talking about travel plans to thanks be to God, I suspect comes because he's now thinking about Titus. He didn't find him in wherever, but he did meet him in Macedonia. And he got update message the gospel he found a time when there's no door open he's preaching the gospel life's going sort of well in a sense and he meets titus and finds that corinthian church has sorted themselves out in general terms and have come back online with him and that's great and they says so he says thanks be to god okay um if stuff works and goes well in the kingdom 
the thanks are to the clergy. <laughs> All right? The thanks are to God. Amen? And it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like not rocket science. It's just that's what it is. But so often, sometimes, we, I, the worst thing is, you see, we get it on ourselves. So, so it's okay when things go well. Yeah, didn't we do well, church? Well done, church. Well done. We did, did the remembrance thing last Sunday. People said nice things and no one threw soup at me. Well, actually, I did because I threw soup at myself. But that's kind of messy, right? It's not we do good stuff. It's because God does good stuff, yeah? But the other side of that is sometimes we take responsibility when things go bad, right? Sometimes we're quite good at feeling we've done it. Sometimes we do do things wrong and let God go. I know, but, but actually, we're not called to be successful in the kingdom but faithful say after me we're not called to be successful but faithful if god's told you to do something flip in do it if god's told you to be in a place then be there and be his person there but don't take on yourself the responsibility that is god's because it's holy spirit's job to convict the world of sin righteousness and judgment to quote john 14 right all we do is we're faithful and do what God wants us to, and if it works, thanks be to, yeah, not to clergy, whatever else. And then Paul has, where I want to come into really, uh, always this metaphor, this picture. Um, there's lots of pictures in the, in the New Testament, um, and throughout Scripture really, um, but, and Jesus uses them an awful lot. He uses parables, teaching stories that teach a point, yeah? And uh, the commentators, writing books about the Bible, always say you shouldn't push the picture too far. Or it's a picture, of, when Jesus has a parable or something, it's a picture of some aspect of the kingdom, and that's great, but don't push it too far. On the other hand, whenever Jesus interprets parables, he always pushes it far too far. <laughs> when he does the parable of the sower, he goes into great detail about what it all means, doesn't he? The fundamental thing is, you know, that you sow the seed and it works sometimes and doesn't others. But he goes into great detail. This is a metaphor here, which you can push too far. There's some great stuff in it, I think, but don't push it too far. And Paul has got in his head the metaphor of a Roman triumphal procession, the picture of that. And he wants his head's gone to, thanks be to God. Who, and then he says, he leads us in triumphal procession. The, early, the old translations had leads us in, gives us triumph, but this is better. Right, the picture is of a Roman triumph procession. Now, this is where I need a bit of notes because my history is bad. And I can't even read my handwriting whether it's AD 51 or 57. Does anyone know? Good. I can be confident in that case. In AD, 50, in AD 51, shortly before Paul wrote this, there was a triumph in Rome. I'll use that one as an example. And what happens here is a guy called Ostorius, well-known chap, um, had had a victory over Caracatus who's a British king. He knows, he's nodding. Dangerous this is. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've done all the hard words now. Anyway, and, uh, the emperor uh, Claudius gave this guy, this general, a, a triumph. And so what happens is he gets into a, uh, the general bloke, Ostorius, gets into a chariot with two white horses apparently, although sometimes apparently they're pulled by lions. That sounds very dangerous. Having a chariot pulled by two lions sounds to me like a dangerous thing to do. But in this case, he had two white horses, and they go along the Via Sacra in, in Rome, big street in Rome, in a triumphal procession. And everyone turns out and has a party and says, Way! And you can picture it, can't you? You can picture everyone cheering and whatever. They've won a big victory. And behind the guy in his chariot, there's all the captives. 
there's all some of the people he's, he's, he's beaten in battle, there's the kings and the brigands or whatever, and, and some of the spoils of war possibly coming behind him, right? And they're possibly, I don't know, in chains or whatever, because uh, they know that some of them are going to get, when they get to the Capitol Hill where the possession ends, sort of, some of them are executed, some are put in prison, and some are freed. Um, and so they're on their way to that. Behind that, some soldiers come marching, presumably, to keep in order. And along the way, uh, I'm so I'm told, they have these um, like um, little wayside booth things, altars, where they're burning incense and people are throwing incense around. I suspect um, we had last night, great time last night with Jack and Claire. At one point, someone, who was it, asked the question about poo? Oh, yes, the, actually, uh, yeah, someone asked a question about toilet facilities, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, they say, okay. It got, <laughs> it got on to talk. And, and, and Jack was saying, you know, it's effective, but a bit smell at times. I suspect Rome smelt bad, don't you? Mostly. I suspect, therefore, when they had this infant procession, it was really obvious that this smelt really nice. Um, I'm not a great believer in incense, personally. It makes me feel quite queasy. Um, it's partly because on my training course for this thing, I had to do a service in a very high church somewhere, and... Um, I did it, and I was preaching, and I was suddenly aware that everyone had left, virtually everyone had left, <laughs> through this haze of incense, which I could just about see. Everyone, it was so bad, everyone had, even the people who were there regular gone outside with fresh air. So I was preaching to an empty church. I think that put me off the whole idea of incense. Really. <laughs> um, but, it, but it smelt nice, and I suspect that was unusual, and that's what Paul's main point is. Look at the end. La, 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 the fragrance of knowledge of him. But there's more, I think, in this picture than just that bit at the end. You see, Paul is saying, Jesus, thank be to God, who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. Jesus won the victory. And we, as if we're in that procession, in that triumphal procession. Now, we're not the, we're not the person being on, on the chariot. It's not our victory. In fact, you may think that it's best to think of us as the, like, the people who've been beaten, who are totally submissive. They've been beaten, they've been taken from Britain to, 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 um, to Rome, and now they're in this procession. But of course, don't push it too far, because we're not there because Jesus forced us to, we're there because we chose to. But the people in the procession are utterly submitted to the leader. And the way to win the victory in the Christian life is not to be good at doing it, but to be utterly submitted to Jesus. You didn't say that, just think it. The way to win the victory is by utter submission to Jesus. Easy said, hard to do, yeah? But that's what it's about. If Jesus says, go there, go there. We've got some brilliant examples out here this morning. But we all do that. And, and Jesus is the victor. He has won the victory, but we come into his procession because we choose to be there. Utter submission to it. That's what it matters. That's what it's about. Uh, someone um, talking about this this morning said, well, I, I think of this like the kids who join the procession and cheering and walking alongside as they would do. Right? It's almost like we're more like that than the, well, maybe okay. Because don't push the metaphor too far. Right? The guys who were captives were going to go to the bottom of the Capitol Hill and maybe got their head cut off or maybe freed. We know that we're freed. Amen? <laughs> For us, it's, it's, it's a bit, uh, personally, I know I'm free. I know my life's been given to me. But I want to follow that man in the chariot, Jesus. I want to follow in his procession.
Uh, there's um, oh, this is getting me historical stuff. I have no idea whether you can validate this, so it's completely out there. But two of the commentaries point out that the sons of Caracatus, who's this British king who got beaten up and taken to Rome, was, was freed. He wasn't killed, he's freed. Um, uh, sort of an early example of, of EU solidarity. Um, and um, <laughs> and his, his kids were called uh, Claudia and Linus, right? Who were also freed. We know that historically. And these, in 2 Timothy 4, when Paul's talking about his co-workers, he names a Claudia and Linus. And so some people think it may have been these two British guys who got taken out of Britain and then found Paul. Um, I quite like that. Because if I were being captured in Britain, taken to Rome, freed, I would do a tour of the empire, wouldn't you? I mean, <laughs> it's like another life. It's a freebie, you know. Go around and see. Anyway, maybe meet Paul. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? They didn't know whether they're going to be freed or not, I don't think. But we do. First of all, the way to get to victory is by submission to Jesus. But the second thing is, it is a triumphal procession. It is a triumph. The victories in the Roman case... They weren't fighting anymore because they'd finished. Do you get? The battles were won. The spoil was there. They're back in Rome. Yeah? It's no longer in doubt because the battle's been won. Presumably at some point on the campaign, things were in doubt. They had to fight their battle or whatever. Like, do you get the picture for us? We choose to submit to Jesus, but the battle has been won. It may not seem like that sometimes. Sometimes, you know, life... Witness, kingdom building, discipleship, following Jesus can be tough. But the battle has been won. In the spiritual realm, it's done, it's sorted, finished, dealt with. So many times we say, you know, we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Because it's complete and finished. Firstly, we get victory by complete submission to Jesus. But secondly, we are in a triumphal procession. It's not a doom procession or anything. It's a triumphal procession, celebrating a victory. And I think in Paul's mind, that's what he sees. He sees this, this like, we're, God leads us in this procession, celebrating that victory. Jesus won on the cross, that's totally dealt with over all his foes. And, and that's the picture that comes to him. And thirdly, he, the bit he sort of picks up himself, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Now, he's not thinking of the, of the incense, the nice float, smelling stuff. And, and again, it's not perfect. Guys, my suspicion is the captives in the procession smelt pretty bad. I don't suppose the Romans gave them showers and deodorant. Um, what, have they, what have they did with their prisoners? I don't know. But the procession smells brilliant. Do you get And as the procession goes past, you smell this. And, and again, I don't suppose Paul had probably never seen one. He'd never been to Rome as far as we know at this point. All right? He's all by report, but he had this report. And people knew this sort of cultural thing. And it's a lovely metaphor again, a lovely picture of the way we, God is through God, it's not us. God uses us to spread the fragrance of him everywhere. The sense that somehow as we live our lives, as we go on doing what we're doing, as we live for Jesus, the fragrance of the knowledge of him, look at those words, the fragrance of the knowledge of him. I want my life to be such that as I live it, people smell Jesus. I want to say it's much better than smelling me because I can't get in the bathroom at the moment. And so I would say, I'll keep back. That's okay, don't worry. But I want to smell Jesus. Smelling's an interesting metaphor again because, 
Because it's like almost, I don't know, it's, it's a basic sense, isn't it? It's not up here, it's like in there somehow. Do you know what I mean? And often people I don't think realise. I think sometimes that's Holy Spirit's job, to convict people of sin, righteousness, judgment. I think sometimes that's what we, all we, we expect to do. We, we live our lives, we show love to people, and they smell the fragrance of the knowledge of him. They smell something about us. If you've not, I can think of people in my Christian life and experience who I met as Christians, saints, because we all are, and you just sensed Jesus in them. Can you, have you done that? Can you think of someone who just like you just sensed this is a person who follows Jesus? Sometimes I'm, I'm not, I, I, best cases are when I've met people I don't even know they are Christians. I've met them in some other other context. You know, maybe at a school conference, something like that. Yeah, and you think, yeah, that person knows Jesus. Sometimes you find out. Sometimes you don't. Those people are not special. That's what everyone should be like. And 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 I'm just a couple of them have been really important to, in my discipleship, in my walk. At times when it was tricky, right to do. And I won't name them actually. I might have done, but that that sense of that. And and Paul again just got this metaphor and picture, and he's got into he's gone from thinking Corinthian church hassle 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 to oh gospel is working well in Macedonia, and I found out you're okay. Thanks be to God because he's the one that leads us in this triumphal possession. And now he's thinking spreads everywhere. Wherever Paul's gone, he wants to be the guy who spends it around. I'm gonna I'm gonna read a chunk. Is it gonna be on screen or not? No, don't put it on screen. I'm just going to read it. This means changing the hands for the microphone. Hang on. You'll know this probably. Paul has submitted himself to Christ. Paul has chosen to be submitted to Jesus. He's chosen to be in that triumphal possession. That's, that's where he's been. And he says in Philippians, if anyone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh to the things of this world, to religion, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in death and so somehow to attain the resurrection of the dead. Slaves behind the triumphant procession. Having chose to be there, I want to be with Jesus. I want to be there. People in the crowd may think bad of me as we walk past, but I choose to be in Jesus' procession. Amen? Not that I've already obtained all this, already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. That's where the metaphor breaks down slightly. The triumphal procession goes to the bottom of Capitol Hill, and then the general chap goes up to the Temple of Jupiter to give thanks there. No, our procession is heavenwards. That's where we're going. 
God's new kingdom. Join together in follow. Sorry, all then must a bit out. Who are mature should take such a view of things, and on some point differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we already obtained. Join together, follow my example, brothers and sisters. Just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do, those who spread the fragrance of Jesus. We're in this together. Individually, I choose to follow Jesus, to be submitted to him. But in doing so, there are other people around me whose, whose way they do that is perhaps slightly different, but it's the same core thing, and I can learn from them and look at them. The fragrance is everywhere. It's not just to the, the pagans who are perishing out there. Let's it be to that. Or let's pray that my life somehow shows Jesus to my colleagues at work and people, and people I meet wherever, and also our church's life, our corporate life, right? Let's hope our corporate life says that as well. Yeah? People see it. But it's not, it's everywhere. And sometimes that fragrance is to, is to other Christians, right? To encourage. As we go, we, we can't help it. If you, if, you commit, if you submit to Jesus and you follow Jesus, you can't help it. It'll just happen. Right? It's not a thing you work at and squeeze out somehow or other. Then you can squeeze out. It just happens. And Paul says, look, I give everything up to be following Jesus. So much more I could say, but I think that's okay. That's what I want to land really. Do you want to stand? Do you want to come back, Ben? We've got time here. Um, What that was a do you want to it wasn't actually you have to, but everyone did. That's good. Just think it's good sometimes to get the blood flowing again. Take a moment. I just want to take a moment, and I'm just going to encourage us to just re-ink in that submission first of all. All three things we're going to do. All three things. To do it quietly, not out loud. Just re-ink that in. And Holy Spirit, I pray that if there are areas of our lives where that submission really has slipped or isn't there yet. Just highlight them, spotlight them, and we're just going to give them to you now, God. Because we want to be totally submitted to you. We want to be completely in your train, not sort of doing our own thing somewhere else. Just let Holy Spirit speak. If nothing comes, that's fine. Just ink it in again say, God, you know, I'm yours. But if something comes, some area of your life, the Holy Spirit picks on, just deal with that. Choose Jesus, not that other thing. And then, let's just quietly again, not out loud, just do it quietly yourself, but let's just thank God. Whatever situation we're in, whatever we see, we're in a triumphal procession that Jesus won the victory. Just thank him for it, but declare it over any situation that you're facing or seeing. Lord, you've won the victory here. It's your victory. What it may look like to the world is one thing, but what it looks like spiritually, we know that we are yours. We just want to enforce that victory. Lay the situation down. Just claim God's power on it. And then lastly, just want us to pray. And we're not going to do it for ourselves. We're going to do it for someone else, or for the church, your family, your friends, your team, your home group, whatever it is, that, that as a corporate body, as an entity, 
we can spread the fragrance of the knowledge of him. It's next week. People would smell that. And the Holy Spirit would take that stuff in their heads and, and convert it into sort of factual stuff.